2: A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The
4: Run Home with Kimbo and The Roach. And today we're doing it without the Kimbo. We're doing it with John Casey and The Roach here. Kimbo, get well soon. Hope to see you on Monday and being here Filling in for Kimbo and across from Roach, it would be remiss of me if I didn't tell Roach about the Hockey One League. It's back! Adelaide Fire taking on the Tassie Tigers on Saturday from 7pm at Mate Stadium. First home men's and women's doubleheader of the season. Tickets through Ticket Tech. It's three hours of fantastic family-friendly entertainment. You can stream the game live on KO as well. Get around it. I think the Adelaide Fire is certainly well worth watching. Absolutely. And after having two
5: seasons wiped out by COVID, there'll be a lot of anticipation to see the game back on here at Jepps Cross and the other big event of the weekend. Last time, Holden races at Bathurst. And if you want a souvenir, not going to be hard to get them. (laughs)
6: There's pieces flying Flying everywhere at Bathurst
4: at the moment. Very wet, very wet. And any time you get uh, wet racing at Bathurst, it's always entertaining. Let's hope everyone gets through it safely at the moment. But yeah, tough day at the office for the drivers. Saw Craig Lowndes ploughing through some grass and water and so forth. And um, it can be very hairy. It's great TV, but uh, let's hope all the drivers are safe. Indeed. So we were going to speak to Steve Johnson at Bathurst, but he's cleaning cleaning up the mess,
5: saying. I'm busy with a broom cleaning up the track. <laughs> so we understand that. it's unfortunate, but he has a job to do. We're going to go to Camden Park. Our good friend, Joe is there. He wants to talk about the AFL trade period. Joe, are you pleased or are you frustrated?
7: I am not fussed. I hope we're well roots in case. Um, we, I know every year, like, everyone bangs on about how long it takes. Oh, yeah. it's frustrating and that. But it, it, like they, you pressed on before, it's all about the theatre. The AFL oh, yes. love it. Like, yeah. Twitter, like, I know my Twitter. I only turn my Twitter on during trade period. And I'm refreshing, 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 refreshing. Twitter loves it. Everyone loves it. The media love it. Like, it's, it's a fantastic, you know, event because it keeps people guessing. Um, do they, when they say, like, the Crows, we want rank and stuff like that, is the reason they don't hurry up like I'm I'm quite happy for them to take it to the last minute because, you know, if you rush something like you do in life in any sort of organisation, you might miss out on something that you didn't know that came down the track a bit longer. So yeah. I don't really I don't I'm not really fussed when it comes to them taking their time. I'd rather them do that than rush it and then go, Oh God, we could have got what's it called? We could have got picks but I haven't seen the trade period where say port uh, North Melbourne but in particular Brisbane like all these players want to go there but they haven't got enough uh, a points uh, B picks like I, did, I could clearly see probably about half the trades that they've expected to go like maybe Port will get two out of their three but Brisbane so which Oregon, two do you they think they get, get? Which, which
5: two do you think they get Joe
7: I think they'll definitely get Jason orton Francis yeah um uh Ruttigalia.
5: yeah and I think that one's I warming think, I think that's really warming that one.
7: I think he'd be a good option because, like they were saying before, he's just... Unfortunately, Geelong is just a destination. He's, uh, he When they were playing on Friday nights and Saturdays, all you used to see Radagalia was sitting yeah. in the crowd, and that's a bit of a waste.
6: And yeah, If he
7: can boost the Port's back line, um, then, you know, this is the year to do it. And I I, I uh, give Port a lot of praise for, you know, they're in that premiership window and they're going after players and that's what they've got to do. And the Crows are just on the other spectrum. They're rebuilding. They think they've got a list. Mm. Oh, I still reckon they need a few midfielders that can actually kick. Mm. But, you know, they're in different times. People just have to be patient. You okay. don't want to rush.
5: Now, now, Joe, I know it's not the end of the trade period, so we haven't got all the cards in the pack yet. But that's yep. let's just do some hypotheticals here. And yep. we are working on three brackets. 1 to 6 is the top bracket. 7 yep. to 12 is the middle bracket. 13 to 18 is, well... At the bottom of the ladder, if Port Adelaide gets everything they've put on the table—Rioli, Evans, Radigalia, and Jason Horn, Francis—what category do they fit? Yes, one to six, uh, seven to twelve, thirteen to to eighteen. Now, one to six. Where where in that six do you rank them? Top four, or fifth, or sixth?
7: Uh, probably more than five to six. Okay, but I could actually see them uh, moving up into four because I could see Melbourne being one hit wonders.
6: Ooh.
7: In Melbourne. Know, like, I don't think it'd make a difference to me. It's all in the head and I'd think Melbourne they were very good and they came lucky, but I could see them definitely dropping out just due to their uh sort of more the mental side, mental toughness,
5: unlike Geelong's. Okay. And Adelaide?
7: Adelaide I could see probably just maybe on the border of the eight, but they, what they've really gotta do, they've gotta win those winnable matches. Like they had, they probably had about four last year where they could have gone up, but um, uh complacency got them in the end. And you know, it's one of those things with a young group; you just think it's going to happen. But yeah. hard work—it's uh, got a good, uh, oh, it's got a pretty uh, natural thing of biting you in the bum when you, you know, get a bit complacent. And probably okay. crows, probably anywhere from. Good, realistically, 8 to 12. Okay, 8 right, to well, 12. That's an
4: improvement. There you go, Joe. Good on you, Joe. Enjoy your weekend. Let's uh, send it over now to Ange from Croydon, who might have a, a curly question for Mr. Rucci yeah, for a change.
1: Uh, good, up, good afternoon, boys.
4: Um, there's been a lot of talk
1: about, uh, and I'm probably going to get smashed for this, but that's okay. Uh, there's a lot of talk about uh, you know, trying to find a backman who you uh, can handle the Hawkins and the Lynches and
6: yeah. the...
1: And, um, uh, and, and the kerno's and those tops of forwards. And, you know, let's say Port don't get Radigalier or they, they can't find a backman. And here it comes, like, would you consider putting Charlie Dixon in the back line? Surely he could manage and look after some of those players. I mean, look, let's face it, he played really well in the, in, in the rucks. He's very mobile. He's quick off the mark. He's getting a bit older now. So is that an option?
4: I don't like it. I don't think he's quick enough. I don't think he's uh can, you know, can mix it with those big guys and really trying to turn a forward into a backman this late in his career. I, I, look, they know what the problem is down there, Ange. They just need to fix it. They just can't fix it. They can't find the right man who who they need.
1: Where do you get them from, Case? Where do you, where do you actually find them? If they can't find them, you know, I mean, let's face it. And as a big forwards, apart from Hawkins, who like really big? Strong forwards. I mean, uh, Lynch is strong. Uh, you wouldn't say he's as strong as Hawkins and, and Renewalt's strong, but again, very similar to Lynch. I mean, surely you could play there a couple of games, could you? Or um, take care of some of those forwards if, if you can't find a, a backman to suit that? Just
5: not sure it fits him, Ange. Just can't see him as a defender.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm the same bridge, but. I was just thinking about it with a friend of mine and, 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 the, and it came up and I'm thinking, well, maybe, who knows? Maybe it can I mean, What about Norton from the Bulldogs? He was a backman turned forward. Um, why can't it happen the other way around? I, I think John's
5: point is, is valid. It's too late. It, maybe, maybe seven years ago. You, but I'm not. The, that line about teaching an old dog new tricks is probably more relevant here than ever before. I, I'm with John. I don't just see Charlie Dixon converting himself to a defender at this stage of his career.
4: Good on you, Ange. Have a good weekend, mate. Really appreciate your input as always. And we've got a text here from John. Same name as me, same opinion as me. I'm not a fan of the trade period because I don't understand it. And I can't understand how the AFL allows clubs to salary dump without a cost to the club for mismanagement. Couldn't agree more good with you, point. John, good because point. people are out of their depth. And it's dragging on longer than it needs to. Just tell me when the player's been signed, and I'm happy with that. And we should talk more about Bathurst while we've got a moment here as well yeah. because we were going to speak to Stevie Johnson up there, but it's too wet and he's cleaning up the mess at the moment. But the good news is that Cameron Waters has been the fastest in qualifying today. But a very slick ride, drive by Nick Percat, South Australian, who won Bathurst in 2011 with Garth Tander, the first South Australian ever to win it. He's in the shootout. He's finished seventh today. So that's good news for Nick Percat and Warren Luff as well. And for those rev heads out there, Cam Waters and James Moffat were the fastest in qualifying today, Lee Holdsworth and Matt Payne. So the first two cars are Fords. And then we go to Chas Mostert in a hold in his third. Van Gisbergen, the favourite, along with Tander, as his co-driver, fourth in qualifying today, Richie Stanaway, Greg Murphy in the Erebus Motorsport wildcard. Our top five, which will surprise a lot of people. Will Davidson is sixth, but Nick Percat doing well there. Now, news not so good for Tim Slade. Didn't have a great day out there, the South Australian, but uh, we're just seven weeks away from the Valo Adelaide 500, December 1 to 4, two 250-kilometre races. Uh, the killers are going to be the uh, off racetrack track entertainment, and I think Tim Slade might be saving himself for a big event there at the Adelaide 500. Looking forward to that. Going to be massive here in South Australia. Roach, but uh, still some plenty of great entertainment coming from Bathurst this weekend. And the last for Holden. The last for Holden, indeed. So uh, I think it might be time for us to take a break here on the Run Home without Kimbo and with with John Casey and the Roach here. And the Run Home brought to you, of course, as always by Balfers. No matter your club colours, Balfours are for the game.
2: A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel All Wheel Drive. You're listening to the
4: Run Home with Kimbo and the, Rooch. I'm so full the holy grail. Four fifty on a Friday afternoon. We're about to talk some cricket with Paul Bonzer down at Karen Rolton Oval. But before we do that, I think Michelangelo Rucci wants to come off the long run.
5: Well, I've got a text message from David, who's on North. Terrace. Now, usually I'm reluctant to go into the field of the advertiser because once you've gone, you've gone. But this point, I will have to endorse. And thankfully, we've got Paul Bonsor on because he's actually at Karen Rolton Oval and he'll be able to tell us what the Redbacks are doing. But David from North Terrace says, I'm reading the ties this morning. Report of day one of the South Australia-Victoria Shield game. There is not a single reference to a South Australian player. How can that be? Paul. Tell us what the South Australians have done today. <laughs> Hello,
8: gentlemen. How are you going?
5: G'day, Bonds. <laughs> How can you get a Sheffield Shield report from Karen Rolton-Oval involving South Australian Victoria in your local paper and it doesn't mention a South Australian?
8: Yeah, I'm not sure. I might have to uh, chat to our good friend AC about that. But, well, he's on um, holidays. Oh, yeah, he was here. He was hovering around here yesterday. He well, he's son, got his uh,
5: lad playing, so he's yeah. there on father duty, not s- correspondent duty.
8: Yeah. Well, I'm not
5: sure, but... Um
8: South Australia have had, well, a a poor start to the day, really. The Victorians batted on. And the two, the number 10 and number 11, Boland and Holland, put on 50 runs for the Mm. final wicket that got Victoria up to 310. Uh, Scott Boland got some early wickets for Victoria. South Australia were three for 38 and then four for 54. Sorry, three for 30 and then four for 73 before uh, Travis Head and Alex Carey came together. And they batted very well, Uh, Travis Head out for 76, unfortunately couldn't get another 100 under his belt, but he played very well, and Alex Carey is still there, and in fact the wicket's just gone down, Uh. as uh, Wes Agar, who was batting really well, has just been dismissed for 19, so that is the 7th wicket down for South Australia, they're now seven for 210, 100 runs behind, but Alex Carey's still at the crease, and he's on 55.
4: Bonds, that last wicket at 50 partnership is starting to look uh, as though it might come back to haunt South Australia. We were promised it was going to be different this year. Things were going to change. But it's little things like that, allowing the 10 and 11 to put on 50, that really does hurt your chances of winning.
8: Very frustrating. And uh, I'm sure for all concerned, Travis Head and Dizzy Gillespie. But, uh, yeah, they just – they come out this morning, there was – the bowlers were probably a little bit tired. They looked a little bit tired, and they swung the bat and got away with it and made, made an extra 50, which, in the context of the game, might be very handy. As you know, we're looking at day four, but so they lead by 100. But Alex Carey's still there, so if uh, Alex Carey can bat through to stumps, we're playing extra time tonight. We'll go through to 6:30 tonight. We lost some time with rain, so if Alex Carey can be there. At 6.30, they'll be very close to that 310 mark.
5: Paul, who was best with the ball for South Australia?
8: Oh, look, I I thought Jordan Buckingham. He took three for 67. Uh, David Grant finished with four for 82. But I thought uh, Buckingham was the pick of the bowlers. He went at around two and over, uh, but just bowled beautifully. Nice rhythm. He looks to be a a promising bowler for the future for South Australia in just his second shoe game. Okay, and
4: the batsman, right. though, failed to fire again, Bonds. Jake Weatherall to second ball duck. Henry Hunt made three off 40 deliveries. Carter, 15. As you mentioned, Travis Head got 76, including 10 fours and a six. Jake Lehman, 28. But Alex Carey, as you say, if he can stick around, he's 55, five fours and a six in his innings so far. It's going to hinge on Alex Carey again.
8: Yeah, it is. Um, Travis Travis Head looked fantastic while he was at the crease. Um he, he really looked like he was just going to bat all day. And then just got a sort of a he hit young um, debutant, uh, Fergus O'Neill, for a couple of boundaries. And then just got a little bit of a wide one and chased it and got the edge to first slip as the players are coming off with rain again as I speak to you. So just a small shower coming through at Karen Rolt Noble. So hopefully, again, not too long uh, these guys are off the field and they're back out there again chasing down this 310...
4: And Bond Scott Boland, four for 53 so far for the Vicks. Uh, What have you made of him? Has he looked as dangerous as he looked last year?
8: Yes, uh, rinse and repeat for Scott Boland. He is an elite and uh, doesn't miss his targets very much at all and makes it very difficult for the batters. Gives them no room. He's bowled beautifully and deserves the four wickets. He's been the pick of the Victorian bowlers for sure. All
5: right. Thank you, Paul.
4: Enjoy your your late session there. Paul Bonza down at Karen Rolton Oval, uh, looking at the Sheffield Shield and again, as I say, for South Australia, trying to build, trying to get better. Little things like that—a yep. fifty-run last-wicket partnership—is just not what you want at this stage of proceedings. So, and uh, a reminder as well that the uh, SEN's building up to the T20 World Cup it continues tonight. Join Sam Hargraves and Darren Berry from 6.30 as Australia faces the West Indies live from the Gabba. Catch every ball of the 2022 ICC Men's T20 World Cup live on SEN and the SEN app. SEN, of course, is your home of cricket. We have our good friends at Fujitsu
5: offer us this segment of who's hot and who's not. So when the temperature hits you, just get a Fujitsu. It's Australia's favourite air. When is it going to warm up in Adelaide?
4: Well, not no. on Christmas Day. We're going to have rain on Christmas Day as the long-range forecast. So sorry to... <laughs> oh, wow, what a surprise. Sorry to bring that down <laughs> on, upon surprise. you. But it, it'll be warm sooner. and you'll be complaining it's too hot.
5: <laughs> well, who is hot is clearly Stephen Wells, Andrew Mackey at the Geelong Football Club. They've just done another big trade deal. They're the ones who have been busiest and they're the premiership side. Usually expect the premiership side to be the one that's going off for the champagne and still celebrating at the end of a season. But they're getting better and better. They have done this trade whereby they've put some... Trade pick's on the table and Brisbane have lapped them up and they're going even further back in the draft order. So I wonder how Josh Dunkley is feeling. So they are clearly hot. And as we spoke to Matt Rendell, they're the team to admire for the way they're getting on with their business. Now, who's not hot? Last week, we were standing here on a Friday, eagerly watching people come by the studio in their Port Adelaide and Crow scarves. Adelaide Oval was filling up with almost 21,000 people for the first AFLW Derby, the showdown, W1. And at the same time, Steve Price noted, well, how well, we could almost a shock jock, isn't he, Steve Price? I think here, so. Yeah. Uh, that's accurate. He threw out a column again on the merit of AFLW. Now, no surprise that the two coaches here in Adelaide, Matthew Clark and Lauren Arnell at Port Adelaide, were asked for their reaction. To Steve Price column where he made the point, his point, that he is advising everyone, go watch junior footy with boys because it's more exciting and more entertaining than AFLW. Why we have to do the comparison is interesting in the first place. Lauren Arnell at Port Adelaide had this reaction today. I will say I'm
2: interested in providing oxygen to worthwhile conversations. Whack.
5: Yep. And at Westlakes, Matthew Clark had this response.
8: Well, I, I cope with it by not being aware of it, so um, in not interacting with, with comments that uh, aren't particularly well-informed is always not a bad option. Uh, but it, what I observe is if you've been involved, as I have now, for four seasons, what you'll notice is the trajectory of the game is is unbelievable in terms of it's exponentially improving each season. And um, and people just love the contest. People love the, the joy with which the players play. And and so there are el- other elements than pure skill in terms of putting on a product. But if we just look at it in pure skill, uh, it's it's an exceptionally improving product and it's getting better and better. So um, for anyone that's out there wondering whether they should have a look, if Steve can um, encourage them to get involved and have a look just to check it out, even from a negative point of view, I think they'll be pleasantly surprised.
5: Very clever, Matthew Clark. <laughs> very, very. But why do we have to have a comparison? Why well, well, can't we appreciate each Part of the code for what it is. Yeah. There's and a men's side of it, there's a women's side. Isn't it the game better for having that diversity?
4: Exactly right.
5: And I think you, Steve, you know a sport very well that has that diversity, has a men's game and a women's game in basketball. Isn't it better for it?
4: Without a doubt. And every sport is, without a doubt, better for having that diversity. And I think... Steve Price defended himself by saying it was just his opinion. I accept that. Uh, And I think actually promoting his opinion doesn't help the cause at all, but that's another story. Mm. But uh, I think what Steve Price should do is, well, Adelaide are playing Frio this weekend. Following weekend, the Crows play Brisbane first against second. Good game that will be. Watch that game and yeah. see if that changes your opinion, Steve Price, because you will watch a game between first and second on the ladder. Both are travelling very well at the moment, and I think it'll be an outstanding game. So there's only two rounds to go in the women's AFL before we get to the finals. Port Adelaide uh, at Hawthorne. No, four, four rounds to go. Uh, four, four rounds round, to go, four, sorry. sorry. Yeah. Port at Hawthorne, and then they follow that up. Uh, they've got games against North Melbourne and St Kilda to come as well. It's going finish. to be difficult for them to make the finals, Rich. I was hopeful that they might be able to get there in the first year, but just haven't got enough wins on the board. At the moment,
5: and confirm
4: now that they will finish against
5: Essendon at Albert and Oval on Sunday. I think it's October 29th, that day, it's the last Sunday of October. Now, the four day weather forecast when the temperature hits you, just get a Fujitsu, it's Australia's favorite air. What do you like as a weather reader?
4: Uh, I leave that to Amelia Molke at Channel 7. does it very well, too. She does it very well. I, that's a lot to, actually, I did it one night using the auto queue and using the green screen as well. It's not as easy as it looks. Because uh, it's all backwards, isn't it? No, Is it all backwards or well, not? you're not. You're, yeah, it's it's very complicated. Okay. You're trying to read the auto cue at the same time as point to somewhere on the map that yeah. you can't see, which isn't actually there. So um, <laughs> <laughs> it can be a little bit a okay. uh, little bit tricky. And as I say, it like a lot of things, it's tougher than people actually think to do that. But Is tell us gonna, what's going to be on the weekend.
5: Well, there's going to be a bit of rain about the place. Oh. Now Saturday maximum of 16 minimum of 19 20% chance of rain partly cloudy same on sunday 17 and 6 0% of rain forecast on sunday and on monday warming up 22 Minimum of nine, but still a 10% chance of rain. It's not going away, is it?
4: No, it's not. Light drizzle out the window here at yeah, number one King William Street as well. We're live from Studio Lumo, Kimbo on the Rooch minus the Kimbo part with the John Casey part here on a Friday afternoon. Time for us for break for the news. Amsterdam. Just after five o'clock on a Friday afternoon here, Kimbo on the Rooch, the run home. And you can certainly get in touch with us on the open line, 1300 736 736, or shoot us a text on 0427 154 166. Time to talk basketball, and who better to talk basketball with them? The great Brett Maher from Bungie and Brett's to fame. Brett Maher, good afternoon to you. Howdy, guys. How are you going? Hello, Brett. What did you make of the 36ers today, Brett?
0: Oh, look, I think mean, it was a big come down from the uh, the first game. The first win, obviously, shocked everyone they played. So, well, a bit of reality hit back today and they kind of did a bit to us what we did to Phoenix. They came out, shot the lights out and blew the game out within the first quarter.
5: So, does that ease the concern that we've had earlier and after that win against Phoenix? Maybe some of those Adelaide players are going to have in... NBA scouts looking at them in a different light and wanting to keep them there in the U.S.?
0: Um, Yeah, well, I think all three imports played well again. They led the scoring again. Obviously, Randall had 27 to go with his 35 against Phoenix. So he's definitely on their radar. He had eight assists as well. So he's playing really good basketball and um, could, I don't know, be getting some offers. He's done a fair bit in those two games. Franks was good as well. Had 20 to go with his 32. So that's really good from our two main offensive threats this year if they do come back. We've got so much firepower at the offensive end. I think where we were let down today, we had to go a lot of small ball. Um, Daniel Johnson didn't play. So against that big, long, athletic NBA bodies, think small ball will work here in Australia. But over there in the NBA, it's uh, not quite as effective. So what vision are you
5: getting, Brett, of what the Sixers will be like this season when they return home?
0: I think they're going to be really tough. I think uh, this is a defensive lineup like we haven't had for a long, long time. If mm. you look at um, Cleveland, who won defensive play of the year last year, and then you've got uh, Sunday Detch, Mitch McCarron, who are also rated in probably the top five defensive players of the of the league. And that really sets the tone at one end of the court. And then we've shown firepower-wise um, what those imports can bring, and that's backed up by—I mean, Mitch McCarron had 16 assists in that first game against Phoenix, which is unbelievable effort—and um, then had seven assists today. So um, he's playing some really good basketball, and a lot of them will be in good form. I just hope they don't get too much um, travel lag from the trip um, for their first game on Thursday against um, the Jack Jumpers.
4: So mission accomplished uh, I think is the overall overriding factor here uh, Brett Stewart they, they beat the Phoenix 134 to 24 obviously first time ever in Australian basketball history going down today by 33 it was 131 to 98 OKC over Adelaide Josh Giddy had 10.6 rebounds five assists in 21 minutes but providing all the players return I think mission accomplished and what has been a very successful campaign overall
0: I think it's been an awesome campaign for not only the 36ers and I would think a lot of 36ers fans were maybe tossing up whether to go or not this year. I think it really would have made their mind up for them and they're going to be an exciting team to watch. Uh, For the NBL as a whole, it's been a huge success to have the publicity they would have got off the back of that Phoenix win. Um, You couldn't pay enough money for that. They've been talked about all over the world now because of that and it's been such a great move by Larry to instigate these games against the NBA teams, and it just creates conversation, which is just great for our game as a whole. Does it
5: also encourage investment from the US towards the Australian game?
0: I think so. We've already seen across the league some NBA players uh, investing in our game as, yeah. as part owners, and I think it just just raises that level of credibility in in the whole league and that's what we're after and I think investment will come with that I think the more we get hopefully the TV deals get bigger we get more sponsors and bigger sponsors and we all know in any sport the more money you can pay the better level of talent we get out of here and we're really starting to see that with the likes of the Franks, Randall and Cleveland with the quality of our imports this year.
5: Does it reach a point where an NBA franchise would look at Australia as a point to even loan players out for a while?
0: I think so. Um, there's a real positive and negative aspect for the NBA. The, yeah. They're really protective of their, their G League and that over there, their development yep. league. Yep.
6: Gotcha, yeah. And
0: so they're, in a way, they're trying to deter people, players from coming out here. Yep. But uh, we're also seeing so many good stories coming out of players coming out here and I think it's a really good option for those kids that are going from high school. That they're going to get lost in the college system but can come out here play professionally and then make that jump to the NBA. And um, we've seen that with some of the next stars already. And, um, yeah, I, I just think uh, it's been a great success for the Sixers.
4: Okay. Interesting. And I think good reason for the 36ers fans to get out and enjoy the games that are coming up. Uh, Bretster, of course, the 36ers, Will jump back on the plane and head home, and they're going to be playing here on Thursday night for their first home game of the season, and that's going to be against the Jack Jumpers at seven o'clock at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre, and then they back up on Saturday night against the Illawarra Hawks uh, on uh, from five p.m. on Saturday. So two games that they would look at on paper and think we can win these. Uh, it could be a, a great jump start to their season.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're coming in. Our first game is round three, so some of these teams will have already got... The Jack Jumpers will have already played four games. So um, we're coming in. It's our first game of the NBL season. And, yeah, to have some games at home, I think, is a huge bonus. And, yeah, I really hope we can continue this momentum and and get off to a really good start. We've certainly got the talent. And, uh, yeah, I'm really excited about this year. It should be good.
5: And what are you cooking up for Sunday?
0: Sunday. Uh, well, we'll cover the basketball. There's the trade talk in the um, footy, which is going strong, and I've heard uh, you guys talking about that. Um, obviously, the the cricket uh, just started up. The baseball's starting up, so we're trying to cover a, a little bit of that stuff. With um, yeah, the hot topics of sport: motor racing, horse racing. Um, Whatever we can sink our teeth into. <laughs> I tell you, he's all
4: over it, Roach, and it's not so much what Brett Maher is cooking up, it's what Brett Maher is drinking down because nippies are a great friend of ours <laughs> on our show. And as soon as the nippies comes in the door, it disappears pretty quickly before Bungie and myself can get hold of it. And Brett Maher, I'm not sure if he's hoarding it or what he's doing, but he can't get enough of it.
5: Well, that's, that's unfair. He did offer <laughs> me some a couple of Sundays ago, and I did appreciate it very mm. much, Brett. Was it a good price? Uh, he's not. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it was, it was free <laughs> and without any pain at all because the apple juice was superb.
4: Apple juice. I like <laughs> it. No, it's good product. Nice stuff. Very good to you, Brett. thanks for joining Indeed. us. And uh, let's hope the 36ers season goes off with a bang on Thursday night against the Jack Jumpers.
0: Yeah, thanks, guys. And, yeah, get out and support the Sixers. They should be good this year.
4: Indeed. Uh, No no better reason to get out after these wins and check them out because, uh, as I say, these players may not be here for that long. So go and enjoy it while you can. The NBL continues tonight. New Zealand and... Tassie are underway at the moment. New Zealand's first home game in two years. 10-5 is the early score in favour of the New Zealand Breakers, and they just knocked down another three. So their fans will be loving this 13-5. And Sydney against Brisbane from 7 o'clock tonight as well. And then, of course, continues over the weekend. Some great games coming up. The 36ers back at home on Thursday. Get out and support them if you can.
5: Which AFL clubs had the worst time off field just recently? Which one has created the headlines that just embarrassed their football club full stop? Oh. Essendon.
4: Yes. They've it gets g- worse. It, no, surely
5: not. Can it? <sighs> so, News Corp is reporting that Essendon paid NFL power broker Michael Lombardi to assess its football department and then failed to present his findings to the club's board. Oh, my God. <laughs>
4: <laughs> what Stiff. is going on there, Rooch? Let's move on. Let's move on. Well, look, we're live from Studio Lumo SA. The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. We'll have more for you coming up right after this.
2: A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel All Wheel Drive.
4: You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. I'm the fool of the holy grail. And into the. Final furlong of this Friday edition of The Run Home with John Casey filling in for Kim Dillon. Hopefully Kimba will be back on deck on Monday feeling a little better and hope we've cheered him up and put a smile on your face as well heading into the weekend. We've got uh, plenty still on the show, that will be wrapped up pretty quickly here in the moment, uh, Roach. But uh, Adelaide Cup tonight. Yes, big event. our good friend Todd Gray will hopefully have the winner for
5: us. Todd, is he there yet? we'll, get him. Oh, not we'll get him we'll get him we'll get him, get him.
4: but um, he's uh, on the money isn't he oh, t- it's going to be very interesting there that uh, at the adelaide cup tonight it's uh, a massive event i'm really looking forward to it you know group angle 1 park. event yep. 838 is the official start time of the adelaide cup but there are 12 races starts at 619 finishes at 958 down at angle park 100k up for grabs for the winner and wow she's fast Is the favourite. This dog has won over $1.2 million in prize money. That's a reasonable collection for a greyhound.
5: That's impressive. That is very impressive. And And it's still the sport whereby even you and I could invest and do very well. Could we? I think so. I think so. And our good friend Todd is there. Hello, Todd. Todd? Yes, how are we going? Sorry. We've finally got you. Not yeah, another call from Hollywood, apologize. was it? Not another call from no, Hollywood, it was it? Oh. No, not at all. No, sorry, guys. Okay, all right. Adelaide Cup, big, big, night. big night, big night, Toddy. Have you done the study? You can't
3: get, you can't get any bigger.
5: Have you done the study?
3: Uh, I've done the study, lads, and some people might call me a madman, but I'm tipping against probably the shortest-priced favourite in Adelaide Cup history. Brave wow. Man. Yeah. So uh, call me a bit of a controversial figure, but. I reckon she's the best, dog in the best dog in the world at the moment where she's fast. But from box five, all you have to do is blink and you're in trouble. And I think she can blink. And I reckon she can get in a little bit of trouble.
5: Oh, and who will upset her?
3: Uh, I'm going to look. It's easy to go with the heart when the wallet's attached, lads. I've got a bet in the all-in market going with the one dog here, Mally Magic, the only true blue South Australian dog. Um, look, I reckon... She's every chance. So I'd rather be on her each way. She's double figures and you can get around even money to play. So I'd rather be on her each way than the favourite to win at the short quote. Um I can't see why she won't miss why she won't miss the podium from box one. I really don't. All she right, and what else?
5: And what else are uh, you doing with your money?
3: Well, <laughs> stop me if stop me if you've heard this one before, lads, but race one number three, Basil Brush Road.
5: You are the rinse <laughs> and repeat man, <laughs> are you? You are rinse and repeat.
3: Dog, Are you going to this ride this run until
5: we get the winner? <laughs>
3: I think so at the moment. This dog will never get off my get out of my black book. Uh, mm. Last week he was massive again. Like he was nowhere for the first three quarters of a lap. And then the waves parted, and he just came storming home. He was such an eye-catching run, but he does it every week. He sucks me in every single week. But he keeps running the place, at least, at double figures.
6: Mm-hmm. And he's
3: double figures again here. So I can't see why he won't run a place again. Um, I reckon he's a tremendous each-way bet. But you know what you get with him? He'll be very slow out, won't be in the pitcher early. But the last 200 metres, and it's just starting to um, spit down here at the track. A little bit of a wet track will suit him even better. He'll win one day, and when you do, I'll go to the top of Rundle Mall and shout from the rooftops. So each way, Basil Brush rose in the first.
5: And if we get into trouble by the end of the night, what are you doing for us then?
3: Uh, I, I do. Probably, probably my get-out is also my best bet of the night, lads.
5: Okay.
6: Race
3: 11, number four, Scorching Sun. Uh, this race has been plenty of scratching. There only three dogs left standing now in this race. Um, two of them need to the lead, and one of them doesn't. And I like the dog which doesn't. Um, Scorching Sun. Look, he'll be third of the three early. He will be last at the halfway mark, but he's he's a lot better than these in the second half. As long as he doesn't lose, in, as long as he doesn't lose, you know, too much ground early. Which in a three dog field, he really shouldn't. It's hard to find trouble in a three dog field.
6: No, he will suppose. just gobble these
3: up. Yeah, he will go, <laughs> touch wood. Fingers crossed, he will gobble these up late. So, oh, okay. race eleven, number four, Scorching Sun to sweep over the top. And hopefully send us home on the winning on a winning note.
4: Good on you, Todd. Have a good night there at the Adelaide Cup. Really looking forward to it. And uh, we'll revisit those bets because that's a big move. He's tipping against the hot pot favourite in the Adelaide Cup. be interesting to see how that unfolds. And for expert Greyhound Racing tips, follow at the Dogs SA on Twitter or check out Greyhound Racing SA on Facebook. All the info you need.
5: Do you know what we do on Fridays, John?
4: Friday forecast. Exactly.
5: With mm. our theme music. Ah, yes, it is Friday (laughs) and we put three categories on the table. Sure thing. Sure thing? Sure thing of the weekend.
4: Got a sure thing for you. Might be heading into Miles Fitzner territory here, but race three, number two at Caulfield tomorrow. Horse called Troach, $8.50 each way. Gamble responsibly, but I think it is a sure thing. Troach, race three, number two at Caulfield tomorrow.
5: Right, I'll be looking at the race results in the mail on Sunday morning. Now, my sure thing is, there is no doubt there'll be another Port Adelaide player mentioned as a potential trade bait carrier for the Jason Horn Francis deal. Oh, I like the of that. Most at stake. Yes, I'm still waiting to see how Brisbane puts together a package that satisfies the Western Bulldogs, and they're running out of time. I think so. Josh Dunkley would be
4: sweating. Most at stake for me, Craig Goodwin, Adelaide United, kick off their season tomorrow. It needs to perform if he's going to the World Cup. And Doomsday, with 19 of the 28 cars
5: carrying the Holden badge at the last ever (laughs) Bathurst with Holden. You wouldn't want to miss the
4: podium, would you? That <laughs> would be doomsday. Two fastest cars today are both Fords. Ooh. My doomsday scenario: Jason Horn, Francis, and Isaac Rankin deals don't get done until next Wednesday, and we're going to have to put up with the mess <laughs> and talking about it until then. I've had enough. Good night, everyone.